So the question is, when the kid is doing something that we don't approve of, what are we supposed to do? How can we just let them do things that we don't approve of? And this is whether it's uh, sin, sin, we don't approve of sin, right? Chil Shabbos, not dressing tzniyas, eating treif, all kinds of bad stuff. And, um, and or, or dangerous things, or drugs, right? All of, everybody here, you're not here because your kids are doing really, really well in school. Um, you're here because we have a problem. Now, here's the situation um, that, that we have, okay? The situation is that you look back and you realize that for a long, long time, whenever you said the word of God, or the word of the law, the word of normal, the word of what's proper, right? It never worked. Now, the muscle that I use for our kips, kids who are traumatized, and specifically in crisis, is the example of black ice. If you're driving, Rahman al-Islam, no one should have such a thing. You're driving in the highway, and all of a sudden you hit a patch of black ice. And if you're going to go ahead, let's say there's a truck in front of you, and you're losing control of the car, instinctively the first thing you want to do is hit that brake. Okay, let's do it in slow motion. You're going to hit the brake, but... Your wife says, hang on, I think I heard something about this. She Googles, what do you do if you hit black ice? The first thing it says is, do not hit the brake. Why? Because you're going to spin. The worst thing, you, you, you increase your chances of death and, and, and killing other people goes up by a million percent if you hit the brake. So then you say, but what am I supposed to do? So a lot of people have this nature that when you tell them that your idea is going to cause damage, instead of saying, okay, I'm not going to do it, they say, but what am I supposed to do? In other words, you'd rather do the thing that, that causes damage? No, that tool doesn't work. So first of all, maybe you'll do nothing. Until you have an idea that's going to make the situation better, why would you make something worse? So I'm picking on you, but everyone is the same. I have a, uh, So many people I speak to out there, so you should do nothing? I said, we just went through that your idea has a huge chance of making the situation much, much worse. So why is that a kasha on me? We should do nothing? It sounds very logical. We should do, everybody says it like, but should you do nothing? Like, you could be very chashiv. You could stroke your beard. It's still, the only option is worse. So let's say, let's say, let's, let's, let's make this very clear. Let's use money because everybody understands that, okay? You have $50,000 and you want to invest it, okay? And you say, I got to invest it. I wanted to make money. So I want to buy stock QBC. I tell you, well, I happen to know the QBC, if you buy it, you're going to lose half your money. I should do nothing? I don't know what you should do, but don't buy QBC, you idiot. So after you go to an expert or someone that you trust, by the way, not your brother-in-law, mother-in-law, sister-in-law, nephew, aunt, uncle, because I have this all the time, people are asking advice, or they're getting advice for free, which is nice, from people who never ever helped the situation, which is pretty amazing, right? Can you imagine going over to Atzala guy? And you're on a Hatzalah call, and I tap on your shoulder, and you, the person's bleeding and whatever, choking and whatever, and I tap on your shoulder. I think, I think you should you should slap him in the face, and that'll give him the, mm, I've got to stop this choking business, you know? It's like, you're not trained, you never did it. Go slap someone else in the face. If it works, let us know. Do some research. We have this all the time. All the time. My brother told me, wait, crazy? What are you, crazy? I'm like, what's his idea? Well, you got to give him rules and boundaries. Oh, okay, no problem. Go to him. But tell your brother like this. First, find another kid. There's plenty of them on the street. Do it your way. If you're matzliach, let me know. But don't practice on my kid. What are you going to say afterwards? Uh, oops, I guess I was wrong. Go be wrong on somebody else's kid. Okay, where were we?
So, we have a problem where, where we're looking for options. Option number one, tell him how you feel. Okay, you've done that already many, many times. It makes the child worse. Why? You should understand it by now. They feel nobody understands me, nobody likes me. You don't I don't think like you, you don't think like me because you're taking healthy thinking and you're going over to a broken person. You're going over to someone in a wheelchair with a broken leg and saying, You see all those steps ahead? I don't I don't think you should go in a wheelchair. I think you should walk. See, it doesn't apply to me. How could you you don't know my situation, my tzabrachinkat, what happened to me, my sickness, my depression, my anxiety, and you think you're gonna have an answer. And, and you know what's amazing is people they have such great solutions without requiring any research. You don't have to learn. Either you go to school for 20 years to understand depression and understand anxiety and deal with trauma and sensitive and caring and thoughtful, or you can know nothing and have six opinions. I got it. You should just go walk up the stairs. A lot of people with strong opinions, so, I have a quote outside. It says, the trouble with this world is right, that all the intelligent people are full of doubts, and all the stupid people are really sure of themselves. Every people are like, I'm so sure. And you know, we look how we answer everything very carefully. We have to go through every single thing. We're not sure of ourselves. We have experience. We have experts. And then, I don't care which expert you go to, you went to an expert. So first choice, don't hit the brake because you increase the odds of dying. Spinning out is the worst thing. I, what's going to be? I don't know, but don't do the wrong thing. That's number one. Criticism and logic it hasn't worked for you in the past with this child. So why do you think it's suddenly going to work? All of a sudden they're going to say, wow, thank you so much, and they're going to go ahead and they're going to change their way. It's not going to happen. And if you're not sure, test it. No problem. Come back tomorrow. Let us know how, it, how you did. Tell them logic and advice and criticism, because I'm here to help you. You've always been here to help your kid, but the problem is you didn't understand this kid. You didn't help him. You made him feel misunderstood and unloved and unliked, which is not good. That's not helpful. So that's option number one. We're not going to do that. So what's option number two, as you said? Well, so we should, we should say as if we're okay? Here's the answer. A person makes illogical decisions when they're in pain. When the emotion of a person is broken, then they have all kinds of questions. They have questions on society. Questions on stelling zu, or stelling zi, or conforming. And that's why they come to weddings and they're not even dressed, even a guy doesn't dress like that, because they're out, I'm done. Can't keep track of all these things. Why is it so important to you? You know how it is when you're in pain for years, and everybody else tells you what's important to them, this length, and that length, and this dress, and that dress, and this dish, and that dress. It's narish. A kid told me he was struggling at night, he had a lot of anxiety, couldn't sleep, couldn't get up in the morning, and was getting knas in yeshiva for missing chakras. Another kid had problems with his gums, and they pulled a tooth and it was infected, and he missed three days of school. He came in at 12 o'clock on the fourth day, and everybody said, Whoa, great to see you. He tells me, doesn't make any, pull out all of his teeth. <laughs> Who cares about teeth? I want to die when I get a knas. Now, it's not the yeshiva's fault because they didn't know. Right? People don't know. But that's the reality of these kids when they start to spiral. You're only picking up on the pain years later. Years later. The pain is at 7, at 9, at 12. And then years later it starts to manifest itself. 
in things that we don't like, Gaisha music, catch them with a CD player or whatever it's called today, MP3 player, and then you catch, and the tznida starts going, everything starts to shrink, the yarmulke shrinks, the shirts are shrinking, the dress, the skirts, everything is shrinking, and all of a sudden we have to do chenach, and it's not our fault, it's a misunderstanding, it's not their fault either. As we heard tonight so beautifully, that what, what happens to trauma victims and how they change and how they break out of the walls that are crushing them, the same walls that we built to boost them, and it boosts so many people, healthy kids, wow, boosted. And those same walls of society and rules and all that crushes them. So now we have a problem. We have a kid with an EF, emotional fever, of 104. So the question is, what am I supposed to tell him now? The answer is like this. In a year from now, I want him to have 102 emotional fever. So say things today, because you can't stop them anyway, that is going to help heal the nefesh of the child. And you can do that, Tati and Mommy, more than all the therapists and psych wards in the world. You have the most access to the deepest place of this nefesh. And if you heal the nefesh of the hurting person, I am with you. You're not alone. I trust you. You're asking me how you should dress to the wedding? You, you always look good. I should be asking you how to dress at the wedding. Anything to massage the broken part, the nefesh of the child, and mean it, because they're good kids. And throw your trust behind them, even if you don't understand. Why should they lose out? Because you never learned about sexual abuse or tra- trauma, traumatic tra- children, and you didn't study PTSD. You guys now know everything. A lot of parents don't do anything. They don't even. I have parents calling me up. They know their kid was molested seven years ago. They didn't buy one book. They didn't buy. I said, why wouldn't you buy a book? A kid swallows a marble. You're going to buy a book on how to deal with that. Crohn's disease. You're going to become a professional. You know your kid was molested seven years ago. You didn't even go to the library. It's, it's basically free. You didn't one YouTube video. Now, if you know what the symptoms are, you know the kid has PTSD. You understand the struggling, suffering. You come here to my stuff. Go online. PTSD. What does it do? And then you'll understand the answers. Why do they all break out of the rules of society? Why can't they conform? Why do they need dogs and pets? What does it do for them? Why don't they listen to our advice? Why don't they trust us? And you start to fix your child. You're not going to win this battle, but I want you to win the war. So that's what I wrote in the book. Your job is to lose every single battle. What you do, you're going to tell them, what you do is good. I trust you. Because if you don't rebuild the trust, the next year, two years, three years, it's going to be much, much, much worse. So you're saying, what did she do? She told him, oh, it's a great idea that you're doing. It's not a great idea. We're not crazy. We're twisted, but we're not crazy. We all know that the idea of the child is not a good idea. Not just for us, for them. But they're not going to listen to us now. But when you go ahead and support them, and show them that even though I don't understand necessarily everything you've been through, I trust you, and you rebuild the trust in them, you create a relationship of communication, you never need to talk. People who are mashpia, who are, uh, how do you say mashpia? Influencing people with words are very shvacha mashpiyim. Real mashpiyim, like you guys, you don't need to say a word. When you throw your weight behind the kid and boost the self-esteem of the child, you never have to tell them that thing. Your question that she asked you, she will next year have the answer. Not because mommy told her 
that you need to dress more tznius. Her self-esteem will feel better. She won't dress in the way that even Goyim don't dress. Boost the part that's broken. Find the pipe, the self-esteem, and complement it profusely. And don't let anything make her think or make him think that these people, they, they, don't, they don't understand me. Because let's face it, there is nothing your kid is going to do in the next year or two or three that you're going to think is smart. So what are you waiting for? When they're smart, then you're going to say, oh, that's a smart idea. Guess what? They don't need you then. When they're doing good stuff, they don't need you. They need you now when they're unable to do the right moves and they're involved in terrible things that are unhealthy, that are dangerous. We have already statistics. Girls who go out in the middle of the night into dangerous places all alone, who are in danger, there's two categories. There's the one that the parents are yelling and screaming and locking them out of the house. They're in more danger. And then there's the ones who parents, even though it's very hard, say, have a great time. I love you. Call me if you need anything. Maybe drive them there. We've had parents drive them to Manhattan. Say, I'm in the mood of driving anyway. Sure, 2 o'clock in the morning. I love driving. At 2 o'clock in the morning, it's so peaceful out there. And I'll wait for you. You know, I'll drop you off. And then when they get this, you know what? I want to wait a couple of hours here, go for a walk. It's a nice neighborhood. And I'll drive you back home. We have parents who do that. And there's a crockpot of food waiting for when you get home. We slowly get them back home. Look around at the success of the people who were in your situation, who are no longer in that situation. What changed? What changed? The kid got smarter? No. They know right now, right from wrong. Get it through your noodle. There is no problem of Havana, and there's no problem of Yidea. The Haraya, if you ask them, if you, you Hasidish lady, if you ask them, should I go to the wedding and you are dressed from Hasidish for a different type of a thing, she'll tell you, no, it's not for a wedding. She'll even, not just between no skirt and yes skirt. She knows for you, for the second night shaver brachas and the fourth night shaver brachas. Now that's a bar mitzvah thing. But what are you going in a gown for? It's only a third night shaver brachas. True, right? She knows exactly. And she knows for her brothers and sisters. And if one of her sisters would go out of the house and forget to wear her skirt, she would tell her, hello. What, are you crazy? You're not wearing a skirt. And then she'll go outside without a skirt. Because there's no problem. You raise wonderful children. You have no idea problem. They don't need facts. They don't need information. Never give advice. Never give advice because you're giving advice to somebody without knowing where they're coming from, without understanding their struggle. So your advice is always going to be, Tayyar is the best of Shaira, and fitting in is very important, and you're going to want to get a good Shidduch. It's, it's a whole different mindset. They're trying to stay alive and it's a different mindset. So go undercover. Now, go undercover. When your child made already the bad move, and now you have a relationship and you want him to talk to you, so now you have a chance to give medicine or to not give medicine. He didn't go there and, t- and put himself in that dangerous situation because you said, oh, that's a great idea. He's there. Right? So in your situation right now, he could feel all alone in the world that my parents think I'm an idiot for being here. He's now in more danger. Or you could say, wow, it's such a great idea. If you need anything, let me know. You're so smart. I trust you. You might as well start rebuilding the trust. It's like a needle. And you have to put that needle around and around 10,000 times. 10,000 compliments and trust building. Because when you have that relationship, then there will be a time that it's going to come in handy. Now, I know that it sounds very radical and it sounds very twisted. The Chazanish basically said the same thing. A father, we all know this, a father asked, a kid, a kid asked the father, Tati, can you buy me a car? 
The father said, I'm willing to buy you a car as long as you don't drive it on Shabbos. Sounds reasonable. The kid said, no way, no deal. And the relationship got worse. When the Chazanish heard about this problem, he said it's Kedai for the father to buy the car for the child without any Tanai. Even though my money, is, I'm giving you the car that you're going to drive on Shabbos, Mechal Shabbos, yeah. Kedai to buy the car without any tonight in order that you should have more hashpa in the future. You'll say, what future? I lost already Chil Shabbos. There's always the next battle. There's always a future. Is he going to marry a Jew? He's going to marry a Nachu. You don't know what the future is going to be. Lose the battle and win the war. And you would tell the Chazanish, what are you crazy? How can I do such a thing? You have to lose the battle that you're going to lo- You lost it anyway in order to create hashpa for the future. And one day, all that hashpa is going to come in handy and you never know what battles you're going to save. Over here in Twisted Parenting, we don't win battles. We lose battles. And we win the battles by not having them in a year from now. Look around. All the people, I, I don't want to say all, okay, most people who came here with a list of problems a year later, regardless of how you know, we want more success and all that. But look back at that list. None of those problems are there. Violence? No. Psych wards? No. Overdosing? No. All the things on your list. Of course, you want your kid to be, you know, next to Chaim Kanievsky. We're not talking about that list. The list of why are you here? Life is Gehenna at home. Couldn't live at home. Dangerous. Tension. Anger. Feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. Look at that. It's gone. Gone. And if it's not gone, full money back guarantee.